0: Ecolution. Welcome back. This episode of Ecolution isn't one that we had planned, but it's one that we think is necessary. On the 23rd of March, the government published its Climate Action Bill, which provides a framework to reduce Ireland's greenhouse gas emissions. The date of 2050 is often used in discussions about climate action. It's been chosen by the Paris Agreement because if we don't change our ways totally by then, our climate could alter very dangerously even more than it already has, in a way that can't be turned back. Until now, it feels like a day to allow people to delay action, to put off responding to the climate crisis. Well, what that bill does is write into law a requirement for change. If pollution isn't curbed in different sectors, like transport, farming and the generation of electricity, the polluters will be breaking the law. But does it do enough? Today, we've gathered a group of young climate activists in one chat room to discuss the bill and our hopes for the future. So, who's in the room?
1: Hi, I'm Molly. I am 17 years old and I am from YSD. Hi, I'm Ella. I'm 16. I'm in Sligo and I'm also from YSD.
2: I'm Ross. I'm 21. I live in Dublin and I'm with the National Council of Ireland.
3: Uh, I'm Beth, I'm 17, I'm in Dublin and I'm in Fridays for Future. I'm Saoirse, I'm 15 years old, I'm
4: from Limerick and I'm
3: with Fridays for Future
4: and YSD. I'm Molly, I'm 15, I'm from South Dublin and I'm in YSD.
5: My name is Erin and I'm 16. And I'm Anna and I'm also 16. And we're from EcoUNESCO and we're from County Donegal.
6: Hi, I'm Maya, I'm 22 and I'm from Cork and I'm a member of the National Youth Council.
0: Welcome, everybody. Um, Let's just begin with the positives. What items on the bill are you happy to see? Beth, maybe over to you.
3: Yes, so the bill is definitely a big improvement from the 2015 Act and our 2019 Climate Action Plan. There's been huge strides made in terms of targets, in terms of commitments and in terms of acknowledging climate justice. But I think as we'll talk about later, there's still a long way to go in terms of improving the bill and getting it to where it needs to be. But it's definitely a step forward.
2: I'm sort of happy that there is a lot of actual consultation with people, I think, first of all. I think it actually talking to people, especially in that, is the basis of a just transition. And I think that's something that needs to be included throughout the process. So I'm happy to see that. And especially with public participation networks and actually having a mandatory role to actually consult with local groups. But I think, as I'll probably talk about later, I also have issues with the bill, but it's definitely improvement too.
7: The national long-term climate action strategy every five years looks really interesting. Obviously, it depends on what that strategy will actually say. But, you know, on the face of it, it looks quite promising if it is actually focused on climate action rather than just sort of appeasing the corporations. But yeah, it's, it's something that could potentially be really good.
0: Personally, I saw that the bill opens the government and organisations up to a lot of, you know, legal issues if targets are not met. That is somewhat of a positive that if things do go wrong, because it is the first climate action bill in Ireland that is legally binding, that the targets are legally binding, which is really important. So the bill is entering a consultation period over the next five weeks. What's missing that they need to include? Does it do enough? If you could add a point or two... What would they be? Ross, over to you.
2: I don't think it does do enough. I think there's definitely issues, especially on the definitions that they have, especially with the climate justice definition. I don't think it has much effect on the actual definition of most affected people in areas, for example, and especially the country that's are facing the most damage with climate change. And I think that needs to be more acknowledged. I also have to think that little mention of just transition. I think that should be the basis of the whole entire bill. So I know it's obviously a mechanism to do it, but I think it needs more focus. The biggest issue that I have is with the carbon budgets themselves. I think the five years could be a loss of interpretation in a mixed way. But also there's a definition and a very specific point where it said that it should also not affect the attractiveness of the estate and pursue economic interests at the same time. And I think that's a bit hypocritical of why should we be pursuing economic interests over actual climate action? And that's sort of the big issue I have with that. It is a case of just making sure that this bill is strongly legally binding and that it should be something that should be achieved in 2030 without any sort of legalities or legal battles.
0: In terms of deadlines, what do people think? Are we meeting certain targets soon enough? Would you like to see us meet certain things sooner, uh, Sirsha,
7: It's absolutely ridiculous that a lot of the targets seem to be based around 2050, which is much, much, much too late. For, for me, anyway, it just appears that the government doesn't seem to want to take a lot of the actual responsibility of climate action on themselves, and is again pushing it to the younger generations. So I would much rather see it pushed at least to 2030, the the targets need to be moved much much sooner even if that means economic sacrifices you know what i mean like we pushed ourselves to this point it's our fault specifically around biodiversity i'm really disappointed um about the lack of ecocide now i think i remember that the government mentioned at one point that they wouldn't be recognizing ecocide as an actual thing but the thing is it's just ridiculous that when mentioning biodiversity they don't also mention the fact that What we are doing to our planet, the mass deforestation, all of this stuff is actually causing things like viruses, for instance, to become more likely. And the fact that that isn't mentioned and isn't addressed just shows the disconnect between climate and anything else. And
3: that, to me, just is really disappointing.
0: Beth, um, would you like to add something?
3: Yeah, to carry on from Saoirse, like just to agree net zero by 2050 has been proven by the science and by NGOs. They're being really clear at the moment that that isn't enough for us to meet our targets and it isn't enough for us to limit to 1.5 degrees of warming. And I think regarding the idea of our targets being binding, um, a high court judgment just came out today that actually says there's a legal loophole in which the government isn't actually answerable to the mitigation plan. When there's that legal loophole, I find it very hard to see how the government, A, is going to meet the 51% by 2030, but what is to stop that being pushed on to future governments until it's 2045? And, you know, it's the doing your homework the night before it's due kind of situation. So I really think it needs to be net zero by 2030 at the absolute minimum. And we need to see those kind of legal loopholes closed as soon as possible if we want to get to where we need to be.
0: What do you feel are the most pressing issues at the moment that could be addressed or that need to be addressed quickly? Anna and Erin, do you want to take that one?
5: You know, cutting the greenhouse gas emissions by 51 percent by 2030 it's very important that happens because you know they're saying 2050 2050 and if that doesn't happen by twenty thirty, then twenty fifty definitely isn't going to happen. Twenty fifty is—it's just so far away, like it's yeah. unrealistic because so many things could change by then. You know, so I
8: think they need to push it up sooner so things are actually done because everyone's like, oh, we'll leave it till then. You exactly. know, we—if we want change now, we have to start acting now.
9: I think something that does need to be addressed is agriculture. It has a huge impact. And we need to start finding like alternative ways to do our farming, because I don't think everyone going vegan, as nice as it would be, it's not really a realistic goal. So we need to start finding um, alternative ways to do our dairy farming and our cattle farming, if we want to keep eating dairy, you know?
6: I suppose I'd love it if there was more of a stronger emphasis on a just transition within the bill, because with agriculture, there does need to be changes and stuff, but the People need to be supported because I'm from a very strong rural area and people won't, they they don't want to be told they have to change. I think they should be supported, facilitated and have a direct say in the changes that are being made because I I suppose at the end of the day, it's, it's their livelihood, it's their lives. A really strong part of the approach should also be empathy. And if they feel and fully understand why these things need to happen, then I think people will be more on board with it.
7: That was another... Bigly poll within the bill was education just wasn't there. It wasn't mentioned, if you know what I mean. And education is is vital for every single generation. Like Meyer was saying there, like if we don't properly understand the climate crisis, how are we supposed to combat it? You know, it should be taught from the ground up, from uh, you know primary school onwards. Even if it is a bit scary, it's just something that's vitally important. And you know, like I, I always say this, I regret that we didn't do this thirty years ago because if we had done it thirty years ago, then every Everyone out, individuals and politicians and CEOs would be centred around the environment, as it should be.
1: I was just going to say, I feel also they need to they want the emissions down, but how do they actually plan to do it? Like, I feel like so, like the public are just... Like like, oh yeah, this is great and everything, but like a lot of people don't know what they're doing. They don't know how they're gonna do this. And if it doesn't get if it doesn't get addressed how they plan to actually do it, it's not gonna be addressed and in ten years' time we're gonna be sitting on the same problem.
0: It'll be interesting to see how much action is really going to be taken. Net zero is 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 the ultimate goal, but there's a lot of other goals that need to be met in the meantime for that for that to happen. Do you think this bill is strong enough to hold Departments and individuals accountable for these goals. Uh, Ross, maybe over to you.
2: uh no, it's a simple answer to that. And I think if the government needs to actually act, we need to see it straight away. I think when when you go about all our electric cars, but yet only twenty five of the six thousand of their cars is actually electric, while the rest are petrol or diesel. I think that is something of a simple way to show you how much the government are really actually taking that action seriously. Because you could build cycle lanes, you could do all these green things, but I think it's basically just greenwashing at the end. And I think it can't be just individuals accountable. It needs to be departments and also corporations accountable because they're the ones creating the missions. There were so many loopholes in the bill, as we've seen. I think it's not going to hold up to standard. And we're going to be back out in the streets, probably back again and even stronger than ever, because I think people are going to be quite annoyed about what they see if they go and read the small prints. It isn't strong enough, but I think there is some way that it could be strengthened, definitely.
9: All the deadlines and everything is really just the government kind of going. People who aren't us can go deal with that. We don't have to. We can say, um, we did this great bill, but we didn't actually do anything. You know, just pushing it onto the future.
0: It is hard for governments to come up with a longer term plan when they know that this plan could be changed, altered, or completely disregarded by future governments. What do you think we need to do to make sure that that doesn't happen, Beth?
3: Yeah, I think there is like, there's a lot of possibility for people to change it. Like we've seen from 2015 to now, there's a there's a way higher level of accountability. And even if you look at the original proposed bill that was proposed last year, It's gone from, you know, the government should to the government shall. So we've seen that change in kind of binding language already just from the campaigning we've done. So I think if we continue to ramp up the campaigning and the pressure on the government to change it, we can continue to get those changes. Because right now, as people were saying, it's not binding enough. We're seeing legislation that is fundamentally incompatible with it. We're seeing CETA at the moment, which brings in a court system where if a company doesn't like the environmental policy and it quote unquote harms their profits or their business model, they can bring the government to court. So the government can't bring in a piece of legislation like this and then have those legal loopholes and have that incompatible legislation. So I think if we keep the pressure on it and if you get people making sure the bill is out there in accessible language, that you know the consultation processes aren't laced up in jargon and in inaccessibility, and keeping the public pressure on the government to remind them that we're watching, I think we can keep ramping up the accountability and the level of bindingness within this bill if kind of we keep that public pressure on them.
7: 80%
0: of greenhouse gas emissions in Ireland are generated by how we move about, how we heat our homes and how we farm and use our land. Are people ready for change?
8: I think the main problem for people is the lack of education, knowledge regarding climate change and sustainability. So I think it's really important that everyone researches the impact that we're causing the environment and how easily we can reverse it. There are so many sustainable ways to go around this so there's really no excuse you know we're not asking everyone to buy electric cars or to install solar panels to their homes although it's ideal it's not realistic by doing a quick google search on how you can be more sustainable you can really help break the stigma around change and i think whether people are ready or not we're still going to move forward and change because 80 percent is a huge number in terms of greenhouse gas emissions and we need to act now
9: i think we need to stop putting all the blame on people i guess Obviously, people can always do more to be more sustainable, but it's not their fault if they can't, you know, get a grant to apply for solar panels or if they can't afford to completely insulate their homes. So I think um, people are ready for change, but I don't think there's enough actual help for them to make proper change, I guess. Not using straws is all well and good, but when you can't make your home sustainable, people are ready for change, but there needs to be more education and more help for them to change.
3: I'd really agree with Ella. And I think people are ready for change. I think people do want to make the change. But even if you you know, walk to work every day, wear 100% recycled clothing, you're still sitting in an office that's fueled by fossil fuels. You're still sitting in a building and you're still getting on public transport that isn't fully sustainable. You're still living in a system in which no one can live 100% sustainably all of the time because our government subsidizes fossil fuels, because our government funds fossil fuels because of that situation. So while definitely it's important for people to take changes, and I think people are ready to to do that you need structural support and structural changes like the government stopping to fund fossil fuels like the government stopping to fund and subsidize those instead subsidizing renewable energy subsidizing more sustainable choices so people can make that change because if we put the entire burden on individuals then we forget the need for justice when we're looking at the climate crisis.
0: Saoirse I think you wanted to add something
3: I
7: live in the absolute middle of nowhere you know like we have one bus a day basically but because the, the lack of funding that goes into public transport I can't take the bus because it goes at the wrong times so and then there's not another one and so I'm forced then to go and, and use a car and that's that's frustrating because I actually am somebody who would love to change I just can't. Another example of this kind of attitude of, of blaming the individual is actually we often use the term you know, carbon footprint right? Carbon footprint the term was invented by BP, a fossil fuel company, to put the blame back on the individual. So it's just really important that we note that obviously we are part of the problem. We're all part of the problem. But like individual contributions to the climate crisis and like corporations contributions, they're not really mutually exclusive. They're one and the same. And it's important that part of our becoming more sustainable is actually going out there and lobbying for change.
0: Absolutely. Every house in the country could go carbon neutral, but that wouldn't change all of the problem. Molly Mullally, how much do you think Irish people understand how radical the change is needed?
4: Basically, what I think is that we understand a change is needed, but we don't necessarily get that it's so dependent on the public as well and not just businesses and the government. So I did some research and I found that 86% of the Irish public agree climate change is due to human activity only 36% are willing to eat less meat, only 69% are willing to unplug electronics when they're not in use. And you might think that isn't that bad, but considering what we're in is is a crisis, it's not even good enough. And 42% of our emissions come from agriculture and residential sectors. Considering these are things that are very heavily funded, invested in and supported by the public and us. So I think we definitely understand climate change is an issue, but we don't necessarily get how much of an impact we can have as
9: individuals. I don't really think we do understand how radical a change is needed. People don't really understand how urgent it is. People understand, oh yeah, we need to make a change, but they don't understand that it is now, it is happening now, we are in the crisis right now. You know, all the 2050 targets in the bill, I think, just add to that. People think, oh yeah, climate change, that's a thing that could happen in the future, oh no, how terrible but it's it's happening right now we need to make change immediately and people don't understand that
3: and also making sure that education emphasizes how big of an issue it is that it isn't greenwashing it doesn't just kind of reduce it to something very far away and instead shows how it's impacting people and what you can do about it. And I think that kind of empowering skills-based education is key to making sure that people can understand the urgency.
0: We need to look at things we've never seen before and a stuff we need to take into consideration now. So what do you think we can do to meet our targets of 51% by 2030? Ella, go ahead.
9: Um, I think obviously we need to put a lot more emphasis on switching to fully renewable energy. But one thing I think if we're talking about the 51% target by 2030 is we need to make it much easier for ordinary people to, you know, generate their own renewable energy. For example, you know, the the solar panel grant, it's like €3,000, you know, to install solar panels in your house. That's all well and good, but it's it's so tricky to actually get it. Um, Another thing we need to invest a lot more in is transport services.
0: Absolutely. And the government just announced a plan to decentralise and move things over to rural Ireland, make rural Ireland more attractive. Do you think that is important?
6: Oh, um, hugely. Like, I'm from the Head, which is the most southwesterly point in Ireland. There is one bus that goes once a day to Cork City. And like, that's the only public transport we have, really, other than there's a one like minivan that goes around. That's it. I think that by, you know, improving the public transport there, it would actually make a really big impact on our climate as well in a positive way. Um, it would, you know, decongest the roads. It would improve access to certain services and facilities. But it's really demoralizing as like a young person in a rural area building like greenways is amazing and stuff. but They've really seemed to focus on the things that look good and look climate friendly rather than the things that will address the issue, but may not appear as pretty on the cover of a newspaper. You know, there just really isn't enough value put upon Irish rural places. It's kind of seen as like a cash cow for tourism. But when it comes to like actually providing for rural areas, people are very slow to do it.
0: Where do you think the most pushback will come from this climate action bill? Ella, would you like to go ahead?
9: I really think this all comes back to education. If you tell someone, you have to do this now, they're obviously gonna, there's gonna be pushback. They're gonna be like, no, why? Why do I have to do this? If we want to achieve our targets, we need to educate people on what to do and why we need to do it. If you just tell someone, this is what you need to do, they're gonna want to know why. If, If you explain it properly to them, people are more likely to actually do things, you know?
0: On to the next question: What is the best route to achieving the real change we need, Meyer? Um,
6: I think the best route that we can take to achieving this change is the one where we aren't leaving anyone behind. No one is left out. No one's you know left on the curb. It's everyone together. So often in like discussing climate change, we only focus on like the facts and the figures, which are really really important in their own right. But I think we forget about the people behind those figures and the lives behind those figures climate change isn't you know just a climate issue it's a it's a social justice one as well and i think the best route to achieving change in this area is one that acknowledges the social justice aspect as well as you know the science And that's why on this bill, it's really good to see that, you know, there's participation and there's a bit of an emphasis on, you know, discussing it with people. Because like when it comes to climate change, it's the people, the people who are most affected are those who are least responsible. You know, I feel like most of us here know that. And we really have to ensure that people feel a part of the journey rather than they're being dragged along Overall, across not just in Ireland, but across the world, there's a certain disconnect between people and the land almost. And it's not that people aren't connected to it. I think I think a lot of people are sometimes I don't think people value it for the right reasons. The others were saying before, so often people make these promises and they say they're going to do things and then they don't. And I think the best route is one where, you know, we all kind of stick at it and stick together and not take a step back, but push forward and keep pushing for it.
0: Absolutely, and we all play a very important part in that. I'm just gonna ask Molly Hickey, how do you think activism needs to respond?
1: I think activism needs to respond by hitting the young generation pretty hard, but also the public. I think the young generation need to be educated in school hugely. And I feel like nowadays a newspaper article ain't gonna cut it because no one really in our age group watches the news reads the newspaper anymore. And this is gonna affect hugely. So I think education, like we learn so much stuff in school. Why can't we add climate? Why can't we be learning about these emissions and what's going to happen with our generation? If you don't tell them the consequences, nothing's going to change. And also then I think activism needs to hit the government hard. I think it needs to be shown how they expect us to do this. We're public, we're human. We can't just expect to know what to do. Like, yeah, a lot. some of us do, but... Some don't. And like that's not their fault. They can't come back in twenty years' time and blame all of us because we didn't know what to do and there's no education given about it. Like it's just as important as learning math. Like, well, without the climate, we are not gonna have a world. So I just believe that like if they want seven percent annual reduction in carbon emissions in the next ten years, how? And uh, that's how activists need to respond. And I feel also activists need to respond by constantly questioning, oh, what, how are we doing? Like, how many emissions are we down this six months? Are we, are we getting anywhere? Or are we just wasting our time? Because if we're giving and told success, like how we are doing, we would get on further because we'd we'll be more motivated to keep going motivation and social media needs to probably be the main place instead of like newspapers and maybe if T V shows like this like podcasts, things, people learning. Because one the sooner our country becomes more educated, the sooner we're gonna get more success.
0: Absolutely. Activism is nearly always about asking the most tricky question to the government. Evolution If this bill is acted upon and developed further, what do you think Ireland will look like in 2050? seriously you can start off.
7: To be honest, uh, I don't want to sound morbid or anything here, but I think it will look very different and not in a particularly positive way. I think there will be a lot of species extinct. The oceans will obviously become more acidic. Uh, it's just going to get worse and worse, unfortunately. What I'm trying to say is that with this bill It's just not ambitious enough, and this means that if we continue on this particular trajectory that we are on now with this bill, we're not going to get anywhere near what we need to be at, which is a world where we can actually survive as human civilization. It's just not ambitious enough. I know we've all been saying that, but it's it's really scary, because if this is what our government produces after years literally two years of youth climate activism existing in Ireland not to mention the decades that it's already existed across the world and in Ireland itself.
0: Taking on board some of the points that maybe ourselves want to be included what do you think Ireland would look like in that 2050 Beth would you like to go ahead?
3: Yeah I mean I think there are kind of two routes with it I think if we keep the bill in its current form we're very likely going towards what Searsha outlined whereas I think if we improve the bill through public pressure, through people informing themselves about the bill, through people kind of telling the government this is not enough, this is not what we need, and this is not what holds you accountable and gets us to where we need to be. I think we have a much better chance of creating a world where people are supported to change, you know, people are supported to move into jobs that are more sustainable, people have the resources, people are given the support, people don't have to rely on a society that is fundamentally unsustainable, That and that is fundamentally rooted in inequality and exploitation. I think if we change the bill, And if we change it to what we need, we have the opportunity to create a world that is fair, that is sustainable, and that creates something we can live in and grow in as a
1: society. This is why this bill needs to be more like more structured and we need to start knowing where to. instead of just focusing on the where, like we need to focus on the how and like when, like not just like like when is in like in the next 20 years, like when in the next six months, like what's happening now?
0: Yeah, it's very easy to push them off to the future because the deadlines are so far away. But if we don't get there in a step-by-step fashion, how are we going to get there at all?
5: At the moment, the economy is the priority and that can't last because the climate's getting pushed aside. Not everyone is going to want to go out of their own time and go do extra research. It has to be enforced by the government so that people can know exactly what to do and that could be through like posters and again podcasts or something that can reach the
8: generations that need to be targeted social media especially it's not much use of trying to tell people in the
5: 70s you know they're not going to be here when we actually feel the effects but definitely the government just needs to start prioritizing climate change because at the end of the day yeah build up the economy yeah whatever but if there's going to be no world for the economy to be a part of like what you know, what was the point?
0: Marley Mullally, just ask you, as young people change the way they get their information, do you think we need to change the way information like this is available?
5: A lot of people
4: will get their information off social media, and that is a very good way of spreading it. But for it to really be reliable and like making a statement, I think it does need to be, even shown on the news, like RTU News, on TV, in schools, there needs to be like a more, emphasis like what lots of people have said on education on raising awareness not necessarily on leaving it to young people to kind of find the stuff out for themselves i think
0: guys i think we could discuss this for weeks but to molly ella anna aaron ross beth Sersha Meyer, and molly thank you all very much for joining us on e and we hope to be chatting to you all again soon there was no way we could answer all the questions in the time we had, but I think it's vital that our voices are heard in the discussion about the Climate Action Bill. Thanks to all who took part. Thanks also to Eco Unesco and to the National Youth Council of Ireland for helping find contributors. With people as passionate and engaged as this on the case, I think the change we need might actually become reality. Don't forget to subscribe to Ecolution wherever you get your podcasts for updates. And while you're there, we'd love if you could write a review. It makes a difference. Actually, if you don't want to write a review, share the one thing that you'd like them to include in the Climate Action Bill. Thanks, guys. See you in the next episode.
2: Ecolution was produced by Nikki Cockton for RTE Junior Radio.